0: Welcome to How Did You Get Here, a Career Path podcast. This week, we're talking about how to be a physical therapist. And I'm going to let my guest introduce herself.
1: Yeah, so, hello. Um, my name is Courtney Johnson, and I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I also go by Dr. Kojo. So, <laughs> that's kind of my brand and socials and all that stuff is Dr. Kojo. Um, so, yeah.
0: I love it. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be able to call you I've I've always called you Kojo. It's really funny. I've actually yes. never, I don't think I've ever just said Courtney in my entire time of knowing you. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I'm assuming that you had other ideas for what you wanted to be when you grew up. So, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Yeah. So it was not a physical therapist. I will tell you that. <laughs> um, I think. Okay. So. I wanted to be a journalist, actually, when I was growing up. Yes, I was like really into all of the fashion magazines and just all of those like teen Vogue and teen people like growing up. (laughs) So that's what I thought I was going to do. Completely different, completely different. But that is what I wanted to do. And something related to fitness. I think that was always kind of in there, too. Um, was the fitness aspect, but I was like, I know what internships I want at Teen Vogue. I was like set on being a journalist. (laughs) So totally different.
0: Do you think that seeing the girls from Laguna Beach grow up and have internships (laughs) at Teen Vogue affected that at all?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Probably, because I was obsessed with (laughs) Elsie. Obsessed with Lauren Conrad. So probably... (laughs)
0: Love it! I had to ask because yes. I was like, I know we both grew up watching. Um, yes, amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, very obviously, I feel like you, mm-hmm. you're kind of doing the opposite of um, just writing about things. Although your career, <laughs> yes. yes, your career did wind up uh, needing you to eventually write a lot. Um, but what was your very first job?
1: Oh, like my very first job before being a physical therapist. <laughs> like yeah that yeah. T- yeah. okay ooh so those. very first okay so very first job well okay so my dad had a learning center well technically it's still around but the he had a Kumon learning center and I worked there in high school that was like my first job <laughs> was working at my dad's learning center and I did everything there like I could run it by the time I was Like 18. (laughs) So, yeah, I was like the office manager, slash, I helped with reading. (laughs) That was my very first job. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess that like maybe sparked the education interest that I do now as a physical therapist. So,
0: yeah, because that immediately made me think of like, you obviously work with athletes of all ages, but I know. Mm -hmm. A lot of what you do does center around younger people and kids. It does. And I, yes. as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, okay. So that makes a little bit of sense that you're very comfortable around children, especially in gymnastics and things like that.
1: Yes. Yes. And I mostly worked with like eight, around eight years old up through the teenage years. And I was definitely not the one that was with like the three, four, five year olds. I was like the eight and up. And that's what I do now, eight and up. So, like, occasionally good. I have like a seven year old, but yeah, no, I'm like an adolescent. I'm definitely an adolescent uh, physical therapist and just person in general. I like the teenagers. So. Yes,
0: no, listen, even when I was a nanny, like it was always eight and up. I was yeah. like, well, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I knew what I was good at. That's so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Well, when you were kind of helping run the learning center and everything, obviously that's a lot of paperwork involved. Did -hmm. you feel like that was kind of a dry run for what grad school ended up being in certain ways? You know,
1: I didn't think that at the time, but now looking back, I guess it was because we had to do like a lot of data entry and a lot of grading and like reading through things. So I actually, yes. Um, there was a lot of, there's a lot of paperwork and there's just a lot of paperwork as a physical therapist now with documentation and all of that stuff. It's like the worst part of the job. Like yes. who wants to document? So yeah, yeah. I guess it kind of did kind of get me started in that direction. So
0: I just, I know that dealing with like insurance, for example, is a huge Mm -hmm. hurdle for a lot of people in the medical field. Uh, My therapist talks about all the time. She's like, if I could just never deal with insurance, then like Mm -hmm. everything else about being in this field is fine. Yes. Um, That's so interesting to me though. Yes. What do you feel was that turning point then where you decided, okay, not journalism, but (laughs) physical therapy, because that is such a shift.
1: It is a big shift, right? So a couple of reasons. So I, as a gymnast, I also had my share of injuries and I was in physical therapy often. And it's funny, like, I never really thought I wanted to do what my physical therapist did until one time I was in PT for more of a prehab type of situation. And I was like, oh, like, this sounds cool. Like, okay, I might have a little bit of an interest. I still want to do journalism, but the prehab just reminded me a little bit more of the fitness and wellness side that I still kind of wanted to do, you know? So I think, um, that was the first thing I I didn't know physical therapists helped with people before being injured because every other time I'd seen a PT, I was injured. So I didn't know. And then, um, so I had knee surgery when I was 16, yeah, 16. And even, and that was after the whole prehab situation. And so, While I'm doing all this prehab, I'm like, I worked so hard. And I even remember like the next time my dad saw me in like a leotard, he was like, oh my gosh, like your quads are humongous. Like you just were not this size before. And I was like, oh, great. He <laughs> like, was like, it's just, you just haven't been this size. And so, I mean, I did get a lot of muscle mass. Like I was already pretty muscular as a gymnast, but I mean, we like blew up my quads and The second I was like cleared to go back and I was doing a performance. Actually, I wasn't even competing. I had stopped competing at that time anyway, but I was doing a performance and I was doing a routine that I could do in my sleep and dislocated my knee, just completely dislocated my kneecap. Then I had to have surgery. It was just a hot mess. And I'm like, I did all of that work. (laughs) Like what happened? And so that made me kind of think like, I do remember my physical therapist did not know anything about gymnastics. Like, I think he was a great PT, but he didn't know anything about gymnastics. And so I never did anything gymnastics related at all. We just blew up my quads, <laughs> um, which.
0: People listening, my mouth is a gog. <laughs> yes. cannot imagine the confidence it takes to be like, yeah, I can handle this, um, you know, teenage gymnast who's competing at a very high level. Ah, I've never done it before, but why can't I start now? Like, that is yeah, blowing my mind. I,
1: it was just I was like, OK. And so afterwards, so I rehabbed with the same guy, but I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. And so then I actually ended up going with this Olympic track coach, <laughs> which is also random. But we did way more like single leg stuff like landings. I mean, we did way more work on that. And that was so much more important than all that stuff I had done before, I think. So that kind of made me realize like, okay, so I can do preventative work. I can make it sports specific because where was the sports specific stuff? I mean, there's sports specific stuff for football and basketball and baseball, (laughs) which is great. But what about, you know, gymnastics, dance, cheer, you know, like where are the people that do that? So that kind of sent me like okay, I somehow want to be there, even though I still had journalism in the back of my head. Um, so that kind of sparked that, like, okay, there's got to be some way to help these sports. And then I got to undergrad and I met with my advisor for the first time. Like, I guess this was pre-entering undergrad. It was like my first meeting with my advisor. I don't know, maybe an orientation or something. And When I talked about journalism, and I said I also sort of have this interest in like a science, like something with fitness, maybe medical. And my advisor was like, "You know, that's probably a good thing to check out since magazines are like dying." (laughs) Wait, what? Like, you mean *Teen (laughs) Vogue* is gonna be here forever? Like, and he was just. (laughs) My advisor was like, "Yeah, I mean, everything's becoming more digital. Like, there may not be like a huge industry for magazines." In a few years and so I was like hmm that's a good point point." And, and you know my advisor said well the medical field or even fitness and whatever you want to do there is probably is always going to be here so maybe look at that <laughs> so
0: that's wild
1: mm-hmm. so I thought about it like long and hard and that kind of steered me in that direction like to commit to something more in medical science, physical therapy, even athletic training, something like that. So.
0: Were you pre-med in undergrad?
1: I was, I started once, once I switched from journalism, I went to biology <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe, cause I'm like, maybe medical school. I don't know. But I was like, I think with biology, I could go any route, I guess. So yeah. So I started out like kind of, Maybe pre med, maybe you know. And then I decided physical therapy. I think my sophomore year of college, yeah, is when I was like, okay, no, this is it.
0: That's <laughs> so interesting to me yeah. that your advisor was so blunt and honest with you. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, especially on your first meeting, like that's mm-hmm. wild to me, and I think that, that speaks volumes about you know the impact that even like a passing comment can have on someone's yes. entire career trajectory. like
1: Yes. Yes. It's interesting. I've had some interesting advisor, advisee meetings, even like from that one in undergrad. And then the advisor, I was grateful because I think I'm trying to remember, I think it was a guy, but one of them was a guy, but he was just like, also, if you're going to switch to science, do not take like all of these classes at one time, they will tell you on a pre-med track, you have to take these hard classes all at once. And he was like, do not do it. So I appreciated that too, because I didn't. (laughs) Yes. And I remember seeing a lot of the people that were pre-med switch because they had taken so many of those hard classes all first semester, freshman year, horrible decision.
0: Yeah. He was a very real one for that. He
1: was, he was (laughs) right. It's just interesting. I think about him and then I did have like my advisor in PT school and that was interesting (laughs) we can (laughs) maybe get into that I don't know that
0: (laughs) I was like how much tea are we about to spill on this because I'm right there with you like I think again I've just heard a lot of different stories and then of course have my Mm -hmm. own experience where like
1: yeah
0: your advisor people listening that are either in undergrad or about to go into undergrad your advisor can truly make or break your degree like I know so many people who had to switch majors because of something like what you said, where they had to take too many classes that were just tanking their GPA all at once, or they couldn't get into the classes because they were full, et cetera. So, wow. That is, I think that's just so underrated. Um, Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely.
0: What education did you wind up receiving that you felt was especially beneficial to your career path in both in and out of the classroom?
1: Yeah. So I, um, so I decided to do the whole physical therapy route my sophomore year of college. I was also a Spanish minor and that was something that was very important to me. I'm like all over the place, but I will say (laughs) I ended up changing to a Spanish major with a pre-physical therapy, like track, I guess is what you would call that. So I was able to still take all of the science classes that I needed plus major in Spanish and, My very first job out of PT school, I treated in Spanish every, almost every day for five years. Wow. (laughs) So I, like that Spanish degree was, was worth it. It definitely came in handy. Um, I got to study abroad too, for a semester, which was amazing. Um, and then really learned the language and that was so helpful as a physical therapist. Um, And then, of course, I went to PT school, (laughs) so obviously I needed that education. (laughs) But I will say, (laughs) you know, outside of that, I have done a lot of continuing education in gymnastics, dance, and circus medicine, and those have been amazing. Like, anything related to that and um, all of the education on hypermobility disorders um, and Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, all of that has been, I mean, like... I just, I can't even say, like, invaluable information. I mean, it's been great. So it's helped me so much.
0: And when you say circus um, education, I'm going to assume you mean, like, the lira and the hoops. Yes. Cirque du Soleil, people listening, she does not mean Dr. Patch Adams. Um, Yes. (laughs) Or treating your ex. Um, Yes. I I think that that's so underrepresented uh, in – I think any more feminine or female dominated sport is so underrepresented in yes. preventative medicine, especially like if you tell someone I'm a dancer, but I'm not able to do X, Y, Z. Well, they're like, okay, well, you just need to stretch more. That's right. Like, yeah. And and have you gotten to treat someone with uh, EDS? Because I find that very fascinating. I I know people with it and it's very interesting.
1: Yes, it is interesting. I treat that more than I ever thought I would, honestly. <laughs> but
0: wow, yeah.
1: it's it's once I got kind of more focused into the artistic sports world, I think a lot of people I mean there's plenty of hypermobile people that aren't in artistic sports, but I think there's kind of like maybe like a shift or like a gradual push into the artistic sports if you are considered like super flexible when you're younger or double jointed or, you know, anything like that. So we end up seeing like a lot more hypermobility disorders in the artistic sports. Um, I don't think that was like when I, when I wanted to specialize in artistic athletes, I didn't say like, yeah, I want to specialize in EDS also, (laughs) but kind of comes with the territory and I couldn't do that without it. So, um, yeah, I treat, quite a few people with EDS, um, and things that go along with EDS, like POTS, or, you know, I mean, I see all of that all the time, so.
0: And, and Ehlers-Danlos is so misunderstood. I feel like there's, like, if you try to explain to someone, well, my joints are kind of loose, but then my muscles are kind of tight, like a click to the everyday person. Um, I just find it fascinating that you've had an uptick in that, and I, and POTS as well, and do you think, with POTS, have you seen more of it post-COVID?
1: Yes. Yes. And it's interesting, like everyone, pretty much everyone that I've treated with POTS and that I treat currently with POTS, they do have EDS also. But yeah, I think I've, I think I've had one that didn't have EDS and it was post-COVID POTS, but I do think because post-COVID POTS kind of, sparked the like, okay, need for more research on POTS. Like now it's just, it's more easily diagnosed, I think. So now we're seeing it more, you know? So that's
0: so fascinating to me. I won't take us too far down that rabbit hole, but any yeah. sort of, uh, not necessarily autoimmune disorder, but anything that could be in alignment with an autoimmune disorder is just fascinating to me. Cause I, I yeah. think people really misunderstand how interconnected our entire bodies are. Uh, Literally Absolutely. by fascia, but you know, right, yes, also but, literally, yes, but also everything else. And then I do want to go back to you using your Spanish so much. I also think that that's a population that's so severely underserved in medical care outside of like a clinic that you know may be for people who don't speak English or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so where I was, um, which was interesting, my first job I was in Dunwoody, um, Georgia, and I just did not. I didn't think there was like a large Spanish speaking population there, which really there wasn't, but, um, there was also an orthopedic physician that was in Sandy Springs that also spoke Spanish and was like looking to send people in the direction of like a PT that also spoke Spanish. So I think that one that helps. And then we also did a lot of workers comp injuries, which, I mean, I don't want to like say. <laughs> say this offensively, I guess, but like, I saw a lot of people that worked in construction and there were a lot of Spanish speakers there from wherever. And so I ended up treating a lot of workers' comp during that time, which is interesting because I really wanted to work with athletes, but even working with people in construction, it's so physical, they're physical, you know, athletes as well. So it's just kind of in a different way. So... (laughs) it worked well. And then I had a few that worked in construction and played soccer. So then I saw a lot of soccer players in that way. So it was, it was interesting and it was very helpful. So
0: I was going to say, I feel like there's a lot of overlap between like who you see now and then who you saw right out of PT school. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. So it's interesting. I don't speak as much Spanish as I did, um, which is kind of like, it's kind of unfortunate. I wish I was speaking every day like I was before because obviously <laughs> I don't get to use it as much. Right. Um, and it's a second language, so I don't want to lose it. Um, so I try to keep all my de- my devices in Spanish, but now <laughs> I maybe treat in Spanish. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I'm like, I got to see it. So somebody told me that a long time ago. They were like, put your phone, your iPad, like put all of that in Spanish so you have to see it every day. So that's like how I've kept up with it. And then I've treated a few on like in these last few years when I've kind of switched roles to being a lot more artistic athletic or have an artistic (laughs) athletic focus, I have seen some Spanish speakers too, but not as many as I was before.
0: This is all just, it's a world that I think a lot of people don't think about because they've never had to or until they get injured. And uh, I have so many thoughts about like, PT for people who work from home and like how often you're just sitting, staring at a screen and things like that. Have you, do you still treat um, non-gymnastics patients or are you still only focused on gymnasts?
1: Yeah. So I definitely treat non-gymnastics dance circus. (laughs) Like I still treat outside of that. Um, I see other sports and I also see Even with the EDS population, there may not be in sports or anything like that. But yeah, I also just treat whatever. So I would say what I, my caseload now is about 70% of the artistic athletes and then 30%, everything else. (laughs) So
0: interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, how did you go from, and this might be a roundabout question, uh, But how did you go from working for a clinic to, do you work for yourself or do you have a kind of, I don't want to say boss, but you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. So I was at like a typical physical therapy clinic that you, like, I think people would think of, it's like you get injured. Your doctor tells you to go to physical therapy, one of those places. And while that was crucial to my, uh, learning experience (laughs) as a new PT, That was not the place I could stay for too long. And it's really unfortunate. I mean, it's kind of like what you mentioned earlier, just with like insurance and healthcare. And like, it's just sad that you cannot get like consistent, like one-on-one care with insurance companies having to be in the mix. It just, it's unfortunate. And so we ended up seeing so many people in a day. And at the clinic where I was, we usually didn't see more than two at a time, sometimes three, but even that was a lot for me. And if you just think about like how much time you are spending with the person and people go into physical therapy because they want to help people in some way. So you want to like do what you can. And then you feel like, you know, you're stretched in between people. That's how I felt. And, you know, especially as I was getting a little more specialized, it was kind of hard to bounce back and forth (laughs) between people. Um, and it was just a lot. So I started looking for a place, whether that was going to be me completely breaking out on my own or looking into a private practice where they have like contract PTs come in or something like that. I started looking for a different Avenue. And, um, so what I do now, I do work in private practice. I do have like a boss. Technically I am self-employed and I am a contractor, you know, um, but I work at, um, with two different places. And so, yes, it's interesting. Like I set my own schedule. I work as much as or as little as I want, you know, like that is not an issue. Like I want to take a vacation, I take a vacation. There's nothing like that. Um but yes, there is a boss. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> no,
0: it does. It does. <laughs>
1: because I do work at a clinic, you know. Um and so I just set my own hours um and It's all one-on-one. We do not accept insurance. At least I don't accept insurance. Some of the PTs at the clinics do accept Medicare, but I don't. Um, so yeah, it's, it's still different. There's a lot more autonomy though. Like Mm -hmm. I still kind of like, I can bring in whoever I want or, um, you know, there's people that come to the clinic that get referred to me, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's definitely different. I didn't have that kind of freedom when I was at another clinic, like I mean, if I had someone that I wanted to come in, you know, what I don't know, it was just different. Like I, I do a lot more on my own as well, as far as educating goes. And I was not doing that before. So I was a little, I was a little, but it was harder. Now I do a lot more on the educating side, which I enjoy. So,
0: which I love, that's a perfect segue, because I wanted to hear all about how you decided to start doing the education aspect, because of course, it was natural, I think, for you to be at, for example, gymnastics clinics because you were a gymnast. But then we have everything you do on social media and, of course, putting out things more proactively for patients. Kind of how did that, I don't want to say manifest, but it, it <laughs> coalesce?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yes, it kind of started from the gymnastics clinics and then um, I had a, um, a track coach that we kind of are sort of like connected through my dad his kids went to my dad's learning center and like we just kind of connected in that regard and he just asked like could you just come like i think we need help with like warm ups or like something could you just come and like talk to us the coaches like the kids on the club team and yeah. so that was like i think i started doing that and then i started thinking like okay there's a lot of information that could be helpful for the coaches and even parents, but definitely coaches of like how to make programs better so they can help to kind of try to prevent injuries. It's never like a hundred percent avoidable, but you know, do what you can to make your athletes one, reduce the risk of injury. But of course, if you're doing that, you're going to improve performance. Right. So I kind of just started by like, Hey, I can do this with one, you do a good job. They're like, can I, send you over here, you know? And so, um, that's kind of how I got into it. And then I, um, one of the places I work now is Atlanta dance medicine. And so Atlanta dance medicine, one of their big things is education and educating in the dance medicine space. And so I've kind of gotten some opportunities through that, that then kind of kept going, (laughs) you know, where it was like, Hey, someone reached out to Atlanta Dance Medicine. We're having a dance conference and come with someone do like kind of like a lecture. And then I was the person that went to go, you know, that went to go do the lecture. And then from there, the people that I met there were like, hey, I work in the school system. Would you be able to come, you know, do some dance medicine education for Gwinnett County schools? And then that turned into another county, you know, it just kind of keeps going. And despite my lack of posting on Instagram, somehow (laughs) it still happens, (laughs) but I was trying to like get things out there to people. Like you can do this on your own at home, like to help you, especially in gymnastics and dance and cheer where a lot of times coaches are like, just go stretch at home. Like, yes, you know, so (laughs) I'm like, let's, you know, we can do other stuff
0: can also, yeah, we can do better, you know, especially with kids that are still growing. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Courtney and I are just like shaking our heads because we both grew up in those worlds. And just like, I'm thinking of all the times that my dance coach would just be like, okay, just do like 30 leg lifts on each side and then like warm up and we'll see you in 10 minutes. Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All those times. And the coaches are like, just sit in your over splits at home. Like while you watch TV, just sit in an oversplit, and it's like oh. I mean, like what was really the purpose of that? You know, I never do an oversplit in my gymnastics routine. Like no. I mean, you know, I can do my leaps. I mean, yeah. It was oh no. to
0: suffer. It was to make us suffer.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: No, I was laughing when you said, despite posting on Instagram, because <laughs> what jogged my memory was when uh, you had posted that you had worked with those teachers in Gwinnett County. And I was like, every single teacher friend I know should probably go to a physical therapist just to feel better. But also, (laughs) like, every PE coach should know this stuff. And I'm not saying be a doctorate, you know, like you are, but the basics. Like, I feel like we're really failing our growing kids and and, um, juvenile athletes, to use a medical term. Just, I feel like we're failing them in, in so many ways. And I feel like a lot of what you do in the preventative side of things is just so important. Like especially with contact sports. Like Yeah. Uh, I just yeah, I have a lot of yeah. feelings about yeah. being a child <laughs> performer. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, I bet. I bet. It's interesting, like especially being in like more of a dance performance world now. Like I was like always in gymnastics, but now being in like dance and circus and performing, and it's like there is there's just a lack, like it's wild. Like even at gymnastics meets, like there's always an athletic trainer. And I went to like my first, like since I've been kind of in this role, like I'll go see like my clients, like compete and dance or, you know, whatever. I'll try to go to their shows, go to their competitions. And I'm like, well, where is the athletic trainer? And they're like, Oh, what? (laughs) And I'm like, uh, you mean you don't have an athletic trainer here for this dance competition? That's got like a thousand girls that are like, on stage doing crazy stuff
0: you know I would say I'm surprised but I think until people understand that it's as important as having a lifeguard at a swim meet they won't get it
1: yeah exactly
0: and I think that's just going to be something that we have to slowly change over time as people our age become parents (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: yes yes
0: well I feel like you've you've done so much in such a short time, and especially being in this specific area of physical therapy that you're in, do you feel like you've, I always say air quotes, made it, or when will you feel like you've made it, so to speak?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> it's interesting, like, I, I do feel like some, still sometimes I kind of look back, and I'm like, oh, I just graduated PT school yesterday, but I didn't, you know, it's going on eight years now, which is crazy to me, you know, like eight, (laughs) like I graduated in 2016, you know, and it's like, we're coming up, you know, like it's coming up quickly that I'm- (laughs) I can't
0: believe we're going to be at 10 years.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. So I'm like, I don't know. That's wild. And so I do think like, there's still a lot of things that I want to do, like even in this space, like- of being in the artistic athletic world. Like there's still a lot more things that I want to do. I have a lot more things that I'm working on. So I'm like, I feel like maybe I'll feel like I've made it when I've accomplished those things. But I do feel like I do feel much different than I did even a few years ago when um, I guess you have like people that want to come to you for a specific thing, or they feel like you're the only person that could help, which sometimes is a lot of pressure, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like, or you know, you feel like this is the best person to help you. You know, when I think about it, like I'm also a gymnastics judge, I'm a level 10 judge. So I know the technical side too. I know the rules, you know what I mean? So when it comes to like movement and how your body moves and moving better, plus the technical side of gymnastics, you know, like, okay, there's not a lot of people that do that. Like (laughs) I do a lot of work for that. (laughs) So (laughs) I do have to feel like, you know what I mean? Like And just having people ask you to come back or asking you to, you know, just letting you know this information is super valuable. It's helped them so much, you know, that that helps to know like, okay, at least I'm on the right path (laughs) or like closer to, you know, making it, I guess. So, yeah.
0: I love it. I feel that extremely. I mean, I think that's part of being an athlete too, is that we're never gonna be fully satisfied yeah. with our with our progress. Like, if, there's always one more race to run, one more dance to. You know,
1: yeah, so much to learn. Like, there's yeah, always there's something always to learn.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel that on a spiritual level. Yeah. Well, I'm always so interested too. You know, what would your, I guess, MythBuster moment be? Like, what's the big misconception about being a PT that people have?
1: Okay. Hmm, let's see. And if there's so, more than
0: one, feel free.
1: Yeah, definitely more than one. I'm trying to think if, um, hmm. I think one, and I think, I think maybe people that go into the field maybe know, but as like just a maybe a person that hasn't had to deal with an injury or anything like that, um, let's see. It's not just like, the, I don't, I don't know if I would say the physical aspect, what I want to say? Like, there's a lot that goes into PT. Like you can go to a physical therapists, especially a concierge a physical therapist that's going to look at everything, your diet, like, you know, the, the mental and emotional side, like there's a physical therapist can be like the center point of like your team of maybe health and wellness professionals, you know, like PTs have a lot of access um especially in this like private practice concierge space have a lot of access to a lot of different fields in the medical field I guess so that's one um you do have to have a doctorate i think maybe people think doctorate also equates with like salary <laughs> um
0: real real
1: <laughs> it sh- it should right it should <laughs>
0: Um, the math is uh, not mathing, y'all. We're, we're yeah. still looking at degrees. Like, okay, <laughs> like this like, does not
1: mean extra paychecks. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, uh, I don't know about that. Like, if you think like you want to go into things for money, like this is definitely not the job. Unless you want to like open clinics or like right. I don't know. Maybe not so much if you just want to like practice in like. A one space I don't know like you're gonna have to be a little more creative you know yeah. it's a little more creative than mm-hmm. maybe people realize like and it's very like sciencey, you know but it's also creative like you can't just yeah <laughs> like and maybe that's just me but like there's a no, lot of no. different areas that I'm in you know as a PT so we
0: had we had a uh, mental health therapist on last season and she said the same thing. She was like, people hear Dr. So-and-so and they're like, oh, she got money. When well, that's could not be further from the truth. Like that's, especially like you said, if you want to be able to work when you want to work, kind of do your own thing. Mm-hmm. That's always a big aspect of it. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that we did not cover? I'm trying to think of like, because you went so in depth in some of your answers. I'm like, is there anything else we didn't cover that I wanted to ask you, but you gave me so many two for one answers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I think, no, I mean, unless there's like more maybe like education or like what that looks like, but I mean.
0: No, no. I mean, I we talked like... about, you know, of course yeah. you have to go to PT school and that, that is a doctorate. Yeah. And I think a lot of yeah. people confuse being a physical therapist with other aspects of whole body wellness, mm-hmm. um, like people who are LMTs, you know, yes, you don't need a doctorate to be an LMT. You guys, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think people sometimes underestimate the knowledge like to yes. a PT. Like I think they think it's like, Oh, just exercise or like you know, but there's so much, I mean, we learn so much about every system and there's PTs that have like a more neurological focus that may not even look like what you think of like exercise rehab or something, you know?
0: Right. Well, when you were describing all the different parts that you can be involved in, I thought you were going to say there's more of a mental aspect to it, because of course I come from the neuroscience side of things. So I'm thinking like, okay, there's all those studies that show that patients who visualized doing the exercises did better on the exercises than people who didn't. Or, you know, the people with a positive attitude got better faster. That's sort yes. of stuff. Yes, And that can be more of a soft science. But I think you have to combine, and I think you're living proof that, like, being able to combine that artistic aspect of it with the scientific practice has just – obviously you've benefited all of your patients and I hope it's yes. benefiting people. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, before I let you go, uh, is there anything you want to plug and I can include anything in the show notes that you mentioned?
1: Okay. Um, well, yes. Uh, <laughs> my uh, Dr. Kojo website is up. Yes. <laughs> so and it looks amazing. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So that is up. Um, I'm also, again, I mentioned with Atlanta dance medicine, Amazing organization, or I guess, yeah, organization, company, amazing company. We're, I mean, it's really geared towards helping dancers all over, like on the physical side, I mean, the mental side, and I mean, it's all encompassing. There's nutritionists, you know, orthopedic physicians, psychologists, you know, and there's a vast network all over the country that Atlanta Dance Medicine can connect you to. So that. And then I also am with integral physical therapy and wellness also. Great place. I work with some amazing PTs. Um, and they all have their different specialties, and they are they're amazing. Like they treat all kinds of things. I mean, anything that you could think of, like certain things I, I don't even think people think of. I mean, we have like pelvic floor therapy also, but then there's also pediatrics and pediatric pelvic floor therapy that you know can be treated at integral because I work with so many great people (laughs) they're so knowledgeable and they've done so much continuing education it's pretty amazing I'm happy to be able to be around women like that so
0: yes I feel very um whenever you talk about integral I'm always like Mm. yes girl power Um, yes (laughs) I feel it on a deep spiritual level well Courtney thank you so much again for taking time to talk today Uh, if you are listening and you like this episode, feel free to like, subscribe, rate and review, tell a friend to tell a friend, everything will be linked in the show notes and until next time, bye.